0: In this episode, I'm really excited that we're going to be talking about personal branding because I think it's something that is talked about quite a lot, certainly in communications and PR, but it's also something that's coming up more and more people in any role in organisations. And Avita, I know it's something you've talked about a lot. So to get us started on the conversation, is it just for consultants or is it something everyone needs to think about?
1: Such a good question, and it's definitely something that everyone needs to think about. And I think people I've spoken to quite a lot about personal brand think it's only for people who are setting up their own business, or have uh, consultants that they're getting to uh, or or they just don't think it's relevant to them if they work working house. And personal brand to me is something that defines who you are and how you want to be seen by others. So I can't never remember who said this quote, and it might be the guy that owns Amazon. I Can never remember saying Jeff, whatever. He said, um, "You know, the, it's the impression that you leave when you. It's the impression that people have of you when you leave the room, and that, that's kind of stuck with me. And I think, what do people think about me when I leave that room? And that applies whether you have your own business, whether you are working in house. You know, you need to think about what is it that people you want to be recognised for. Hmm. So I was talking about niche. So when I came up, so a little story is when I came up with my brand, Comms Rebel. Um, I was actually going to call myself Advita Communications." Because my name was something that people recognised, people knew who I was, I had quite a nice platform. And I remember going to go in, I remember seeing um, my coach, who was the chief executive of a shoe manufacturing company in the UK. So she was my target audience, right? So I was, I was thrilled that I had this woman as my coach, because at least I would know what my target client would want. Um, so when she, so we, we chatted for about half an hour about who it was, got to know each other, and they said, Oh, by the way, have you thought of a name for your brand? So I was like, dead proud. Oh, Vita Communications, <laughs> Woohoo, nailed it. Game. Knocking it out of the park, dead proud of myself. And she goes, ah, literally, <laughs> ah, okay. I was like, oh my God, her face just fell. And she goes, mm, doesn't really tell me much though, so does it? I was like, well, she went, why did you choose that name? I was like, because it's my name <laughs> and it's unique. And she went, yeah, but it doesn't tell me anything about your brand. Like, it doesn't tell me anything about who you are, what does it mean, what you stand for. If I got that in my inbox, I'd be thinking, Lots of media communication like a telecoms company or something, because it doesn't say anything. Wow. And I was like, because it's true. When she she doesn't, people who know me as a to know my brand because I present that on social. But other people don't know who I am. And that really, and she's like, right, tell me three unique things about you. That's different. That stands you out from everybody else. And I was like, literally sweat on my back. I was like <laughs> panicking. I was um, freaking out. And I think this woman is like potentially someone that I, I need to impress here a little bit because you know I wanted to see that I'm competent. Uh, so I was like oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm really creative. She went boring. I said I'm a good writer. She went meh. Everyone like, works in comms generally is. I was like oh my god you're killing me like literally. So she could see that because I think she could see this terror on my face and she's like no see like tell me something that you have done that is different that stands you out from everybody else that nobody else would do and I suppose that is the first proper time I thought about my brand because I I knew I wanted to be seen when I worked in house I knew I wanted to be seen as competent, Mm. I wanted to be seen as someone who's responsible, somebody who could deliver good work, dependent, somebody who people can lean on and that's my brand in a workplace right? Externally though what did it mean? So when I so I spoke to her about um, oh I go around, that's the one thing I do do is I go around and speak to teams about unleashing the inner rebel and suddenly she's like there you go, that is something that is something that piques my interest demonstrate something to you because you're. You, I can see the sparkle in your eye when he spoke about being rebellious. And I, you know, those of you who don't know me, I'm very much about better to seek forgiveness than ask permission. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Many previous chief executives are listening, honestly, yeah, it was safe choices, very risk assessed, never wasted millions. But sometimes you need to do that, right? And I, I always had a little bit of rebelliousness in me because I think sometimes if you want to see change, you need to do things a bit differently. Mm-hmm. And that's where I start. And that's where the whole personal brand journey cheesy as it is started for me I think it's really important to think about I know that when I spoke to Trudy around Lewis communicate I know you've gone through a bit of a turmoil right with yeah your brand.
2: yeah there's um, there was a bit of challenge that I have around my brand so when I um, lose communicate I didn't think very much about personal branding at all but I knew that I had to come up with a name and I like my surname so uh, but I didn't want to say communications I really wanted to focus on a slight call to action, so I called it Lewis Communicate. And you know, as time has gone on, you know, my consulting's changing, my you know, I'm coaching as well. So I definitely can see where my personal brand is evolving. Does that mean that I need to change my name? I'm not sure. It's something that I need to explore because yes, I like my colours, I like my little logo, you know, there's a lot of things that I like about it. But when it comes to market, when it comes to like, what we said originally about what personal branding is, what people think about when you leave the room or when they've kind of not en- no longer engaged with you directly, that's exactly the questions I'm having at the moment. Is it time to, mm-hmm. to, to, to have a think about a change? I think it's, it's such an
0: interesting thing to look at when you are a consultant. I think you're right, it is for everybody. And I know from my own experience, I've always been, um, quite blunt. <laughs> really and <I> that, <laughs> No, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, would see that that You
1: oh. no. <laughs>
0: Um So I've always been, you know, spade to spade. And when it came to doing the branding for the company, I I didn't want to be Jenny Field Consulting. It made me kind of feel a bit sick. because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, I can't do that. I just I can't be that person that walks into a room and is my. I just it's just not for me. Um, and redefine actually came from. Jennifer Field, as I am a Jennifer, uh, as an acronym, uh, an anagram of that was redefined, and then redefining communications kind of came from all of that, which supported my whole being quite blunt and wanting to be a bit disruptive. But I did do quite a bit of work with my brand strategist in terms of what my personality was that would then be reflected in the organization, which is really personal, and I did talk to some people about it to say, you know, how would you describe me? <laughs> I had kind in there and I remember someone saying, I don't think I don't think that's the first thing that comes to mind, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, is nice. So I landed on kind of four core words for my brand, which are approachable, bold, concise and inspiring. And I think if people are looking at what's their brand, what, does it, what do they stand for, how do you want people to feel when you leave the room, having those kind of four personality words was really helpful to me. And the examples that I had when I was working through it were, think about celebrity chefs, because they all do the same thing, but they all have very different personalities. If you think about yeah. Nigella or Jamie Oliver or Gordon Ramsay, they're all chefs, but you feel very differently about them and their personalities are very different. But Thinking about the personality I found quite hard from a branding perspective because it's very specific but it's really helped me stay true to my behaviours and all of those things which I think is the bit that I find most interesting about personal branding in that it's how you behave and how you show up and being congruent in terms of what you say and what you do and I guess that links so much into, I don't know, like confidence and being comfortable with who you are. Totally,
1: yeah and I think with your brand. And I think, you know, branding is such a wide topic as we all know, right, and none of us, I don't think any of us can claim to be like specialists and experts in this area. It's what we know what we know about. Right? And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate it, but when it comes to personal brand, it can drive your confidence to another level. I think if you're comfortable with who you are, and you, like you said, with your four key areas that you know that's what you want to be recognized for. And if you're not true to those four things, then that's when I think you think, well, do I need to move on? Mm. Like from that is my brand evolving and mm-hmm. like what Trudy said before is is it time for me to change my brand and this is one thing I say to everybody when I speak about personal brand is it can evolve you know you're not stuck with it for the rest of your life you know as you grow and as you develop your brand will grow and develop with mm-hmm. you and that's why I like want people to kind of understand that about themselves it doesn't mean you can never change because you have been recognised for one thing in particular and there's one guy called Jay Baer I think and he's a is a communicator, is a marketeer, sorry, based in the US. And I watched, I came, I saw him at a conference I was at. And his big thing is about wearing tartan suits. And it's really funny because he said he came to Edinburgh to speak at a conference and he bought a tartan suit. And he wore <laughs> it to this conference, <laughs> just a random thing. Of course. And he wore it to this conference that he went to, and everybody recognized him for his, everyone asked him, sorry, where's his tartan suit from. And from that point on, he, every conference he spoke at, he wore a tartan suit. And he goes, it sounds really bizarre, but. It's something that recognises, like stands him out. Because there's mm. lots of marketers out there, right? And he's like, something that when people see him, they see recognise the guy who wears a tartan suit. And he said this, because I may not remember my name, I want them to remember my name, but at least they remember my tartan suit. Mm. And he, and that's what really kind of resonated with me. It's not it's not about what you wear or what you do, I don't think. If, if you want to wear the bright colours or you want to be recognised for a certain theme, then that's absolutely fine. That, you know, can do that. But it's definitely about how you behave, is what you said, you know, mm. exactly what you said. So. For me, for Comms Rebel, it's definitely about being a little bit different and being a bit revolutionary in what I do. And I think if I didn't represent that to my clients and to the people I spoke to, then am I being true to my brand? And I think that's what you need to kind of remember when you are looking at your personal brand. Like, are you true to that brand? Are you just doing it because somebody Mm -hmm. else is doing it? And we said before, haven't we, comparison is a thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And I think we can all make a mistake, and I've done it, I'm not going to lie, when you're looking online and you see someone, like, really nailing it and doing the job that you want to do and doing it really well, you start doing the copycat behaviour a little bit. You know, you start looking a little bit like them and start doing a little brandy. A <laughs> <laughs> bit like single white female
0: yeah, I won't ask who it was. No. <laughs>
1: but you know, because you, you feel safe in that space because it's work for them, but it's not authentic. Yeah. And we talk about authentic cons all the time,
0: right? Yeah, and you do you do have to be true to you. And I, I, I remember this at the very beginning of my career as a consultant when I was going into lots of different offices and when I was working in-house you kind of get used to the uniform of that environment. You know, you kind of either mould to wearing a suit or being more relaxed, whatever kind of works. And going into lots of different places I found really challenging because I was kind of moulding into that corporate environment or I was then in jeans the next day or and I kind of didn't really know who I was, which which was quite a confidence issue for me in a lot of ways because I wasn't showing up as my best self because I wasn't really sure who I was and what I was there to (laughs) represent because I was just moulding. And I invested in a stylist, which a lot of people will know and a lot of people will think, crikey, that's an extreme thing to do. It's a bit extra, as you'd say to me. A bit extra, (laughs) Jenny. Um, But it massively helped me work out who I was to show up and then be my best self. So it didn't matter what kind of environment I was in, I would wear what was appropriate for me and what I was comfortable in. And that made a huge difference, I think, in my ability to then be congruent and be authentic and all the things that we've just talked about. Because I think it's easy to feel like you've got to just mold to what's around you. And actually, when you're doing your personal brand, in whatever role you're doing, whether you're a PA, whether you work Mm. in finance, whatever it is, be you and and find a way to find that person, I guess. Yeah, but within companies, isn't it, people tend to think that,
2: or at least they get a little bit confused about where personal brand sits when it comes to, you know, being in-house and working in a company, and they don't necessarily see themselves as needing to define what that brand is. So they fit into, well, to be taken seriously here, we just have to wear, maybe for a female, we just have to wear a male-looking suit, looking suit mm-hmm. and now we're all blend in, and we all look the same and so you find that many people within companies just don't tend to look at the fact that there's a personal brand issue but there is mm. and it's huge in that if you want to stand out if you want to kind of even feel fulfilled it's being who you really are it's being mm. genuine and it's being very clear about what you stand for very tied into your values and Although that those are the very things that we would look at as consultants saying we need to look at our personal values. What kind of values kind of defines our brand? And I think that's the same when you're in-house and you're, you're looking at, well, how do I present myself? How do I kind of put myself together? Do I really need to wear that three-piece suit that looks like everybody else's three-piece yeah. suit? And, you know, it's, it's really funny. It reminds me of a little story from Chesapeake. Sure's one of the sons gets this really high-powered law, law, lawyer job in this law firm. Very established, very old school and he goes into work in his style of suit which was a bit trendy and that he wore a kind of coloured tie and everything. He felt really good about himself, walks in and the CEO kind of greets him and kind of looks him up and down as if to say, well you know, you basically what are you wearing? you 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 don't basically didn't fit in and you need to get this type of suit and the poor chap had to go and get his grandmother to help him <laughs> to buy the right kind of suit to fit in and for the whole time that he was at that company he did not feel comfortable and then eventually he left and you kind of look at it and you think well yeah that's what happens when you move outside of your brand yeah exactly and, it's, and it doesn't bring you joy right yeah. and I talk about bringing joy all the
1: time. If you do something that doesn't bring you joy, then stop doing it. And sometimes you feel like you have to mold yourself into the environment that you're in because everyone else is behaving that same way. Mm. But if you want to wear the gray suit and you want to work in financial services and you want it, that's absolutely fine. That's your brand and, you, and but you've got to be happy doing it. And I think as soon as you feel like you're not being authentic to yourself mm. and your brand, mm. that's when you need to reconsider whether the future in the organisation is for you or not. Mm. And I think that's where people make the mistake. with the, And that's why I think, um, why I'm so passionate about personal brand, because it can really help you define who you are. Mm. It, so you don't need to have like, you know, you don't have to hire a, an expensive brand strategist and you don't have to mess about with, you know, logos or anything like that. You know, People have that perception of branding. It's about what do you want What what you want to be recognised for and where do you want to work and if you are creative and a bit quirky and a bit different it may work in your very corporate style organisation because you're standing out but if you feel if you've been made to feel uncomfortable then it's not you that's a problem right it's the organisation that you're in that doesn't fit with your kind of values mm-hmm. and who you are so you may then need to look at where do where does my brand fit in really well mm-hmm. and that's what will help you define you I think and that consistency is a key as well I think I don't know about you guys but I've met people online who are like laugh a minute really jokey like the best life and then you meet them in person and you're like (laughs) who is this person (laughs) yeah do I even know them like online like charismatic and loving life and then in person I'm a bit like whoa like you are not representing who you are online and that's a danger I like I said I love social media but you can, you know, you catfish, right? We all love catfish. We, you know, Jenny and I speak about the MTV show all the time. <laughs> Jenny's obsessed <laughs> to saying that. But right. you are kind of catfishing a little bit, there. You know, you're you're being somebody that you're not authentic you're not authentic. You're being someone that you're not. And then when you do, you will eventually get caught out because you will have to go to these kind of events. And then, how long can you keep up the pretense?
2: So, what do you what do you think it takes to be, or become your authentic self, then?
0: I, I think there's something as you were talking and with that question in mind I, I was working at an organization and I remember thinking I'm the only person that's being genuine everyone this is a, I feel like I've walked into the Truman show it was just truly bizarre <laughs> like nothing about this is real and I remember talking uh, at an event in Ireland about my career and how I've moved and and a bit like what we were just saying that when it doesn't feel right and you can't be your authentic self then you kind of move on and go mm. somewhere else but that's not always a luxury for people no. that they have and I think it takes a huge amount of confidence to be your authentic self in the workplace and I think also that has you know what does that actually mean mm-hmm. and I, I I was doing some work a while ago with a guy called Neil Tomlin, who was talking a lot about your authentic self and he was talking about the fact that we've kind of got into a, a, a place now where people can talk about you know, their sexuality or whatever it might be in the workplace and we're being really open about that in some places, not everywhere but then at the same time people are having meetings where they're not comfortable speaking up and saying they disagree with something so you've got a silent veto outside and we were talking about the fact that there's this real strange balance of authenticity at work where we can't seem to find that place where everyone can be genuine about everything we've kind of swung in a, in a direction but we're still leaving behind some of the fundamental things to build relationships and be genuine. So I don't really know the answer to your question. No, no, it's fine. Because I don't... um, I think it's so much about confidence and the environment that you're in and whether you're allowed to do that. And and I think we've all worked places where you have to put your armour on to go in the front door. Yeah, I mean,
2: I I remember... I'm a laughy person. I smile a lot. And to be totally honest, I will be in a very serious meeting and somebody will say something and instead of having a poker face, i would burst out laughing. And I used to give myself a hard time because I couldn't be, I couldn't be poker faced and I couldn't be like everybody else. And I know that some, some people even, even at a younger age tend to put on this persona of being serious and you know, they don't smile, they, they, they listen intently and so on. And, and to be honest, that's a really hard thing for me to do. So. I would sit there, I think there was a point in my life where I thought, maybe I need to adjust who I am to fit in anywhere, not just yeah. not just in one company. Maybe I need to adjust who I am because i really come across a bit too smiley and laughy. And then I thought, but that's not who I really am. Mm. So even talking about branding, that attitude of, of kind of smiling and so on. Obviously, I do tone it down so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> but there's Trudy giggling in the corner. <laughs> Yeah. And, and definitely do not laugh at the wrong times, but it, but it is that kind of thinking that maybe I need to change that, you know, for ages it was like, Oh, maybe I need to change that. Maybe I need to be more serious or have a poker face or learn how to kind of be unreactive. And I can't, because if I, if I feel something, you will see it on my face. Yeah. And I think, I think when you talk about being authentic, genuine, genuine, that's kind of part of it as well. Just saying, I'm going to let myself be how I am, albeit a bit toned down. I'm going to try and be who I am rather than take on the personas that's even sometimes imposed on us. In mm. opposed to, you know, Sometimes it's, it's your kind of environment that's saying you have to be this way.
1: Well, people say that, don't they? If you don't create your own narrative, then somebody else will create for you. True. And that kind of sticks with me. And I think if you don't have your own story or your own brand, then somebody will just make it up. Mm. So somebody will just assume that you don't like crowds or you don't like public speaking because you've never done it or mm. you, you've never spoken about it out loud or you haven't demonstrated that or somebody might think that she doesn't want that promotion or, or he doesn't want that promotion because every time they walk in a meeting the heads down and they look really unsure of themselves and you know and it's, it's those kind of things that people make up about you. So when leaders are making that decision about who's ready for the next role, you know the talent pipeline as they call mm. it they make that assumption not only on obviously your performance but also the way you behave and sometimes Mm. I do think that if you want to have that director role and you want to be taken in that you know senior executive position and you want to be there and that's your ambition you will need to look at the way you do come across and that's where your brand matters and Mm. I'm all about and it is still being authentic but you do also need to be honest with yourself right if you want to be a director level in an organization that you know you and you know you need to be Good decision maker. You've got to be confident in what you're doing. People need to trust you, and you, and you, and your feedback you're getting constant continuously is like you're not really demonstrating that. That is something that I think where well, you need to work on yourself and development and learning areas and all that. And but I know it's hard because that question you asked there, Trudy, it's really hard to kind of say, well, how do you, how do you do that? How do you bring the authentic self to that table? Because if you want me to adjust myself so I can fit into that director role, what does that mean? But again, it's about looking at the organization that you're working in. And I know it's a luxury to be like, I'm out of here. I want to get another job somewhere else because it's hard to do that. But you do need to kind of consider, do I actually want that profession? Because I made a decision quite early on in my career that I didn't want to climb the, the pole for director role. Because I knew myself, I was quite self-aware, that I just wasn't very good at people management. Or it wasn't, not that I wasn't very good, that's unfair of me to say that about myself, but I, it wasn't something that I, it brought me joy. I didn't enjoy it and I knew to be at that director level you will have, you have to manage people and I was very much about managing projects and managing other things rather than people so yeah. I knew then that my brand doesn't fit in with that and I'm, I'm happy with that and I think that's what we all need to kind of think about and we briefly touched on it but values is a big thing as well so before I even went anywhere near my personal brand I did a values mm-hmm. activity to kind of discover what my values were And what what do they actually mean before I kind of went down the personal Mm. branding route. So if anyone's listening to this thinking, well, where do I even start? You know, where where do I go? I would 100% suggest that you go down the values route. So take, you know, some time, look at the values and pick, you know, two or three values that you really resonate with. And that's your starting point, to be honest with you. Mm. And that will then drive your brand. Because if your brand is all about being approachable and being dependable and all that, then you, that will come quite naturally in your next stage.
0: Yeah, I think the pressure to con, to conform though is so high, yeah. and mm. you know, as you were talking, then I was I was reflecting on on when I became a global head of communications, and I remember walking. Uh, I remember walking into the CEO's office, and I think I'd just been appointed. Well, it was an internal um, promotion after an interview, and and I was in kind of sort of some off trousers and um, I think a shirt with like a jumper over the top kind of thing and and the CEO sort of looked at me and I think they said are you you just back from camping and I remember thinking oh no these are my clothes and um and I did you know go shopping and I bought a load of stuff that was more conforming to to their image of what I should look like so I had the very structured dresses with some jackets and you know so I was you know the high all the things that I knew would tick the box. And then I'd occasionally throw in something that was me, like an electric blue knitwear jumper, and I'd get a glare of what is this kind of thing. <laughs> and I think that's that's really hard because as women as well, I think it's, it's harder because we are designed to kind of mould to yes. the environment. Like it's in our DNA. There's stuff that's proven about how we will mould to the man that we're with and we'll mould to this because our job is to build community and all of those things. So I think... For a woman, it's really hard. I was having a conversation the other week with someone about the kind of the the dress element of of your brand and how sometimes, you know, for a man, you've got the suit piece, which even though the example you gave earlier from Chesapeake, you know, it wasn't the right suit and that kind of stuff, but you've got a starting point of what to wear, whereas for a woman, you don't often have that luxury because there isn't that kind of uniform, if you like that exists, even though for a man you've then got to break out of that uniform which has its own challenges, but I think there's just there's so much scrutiny on some of that stuff and the, that I remember that that pressure to conform, but also being kind of okay with that, whereas now I think, God if I went into their office today I wouldn't wear anything like that stuff that I bought because my brand has evolved and changed and I've changed, but I was more than happy to, to adapt myself and, and all of those things to to be able to not be told I don't like I'd come off a campsite into a
1: meeting. It's definitely the confidence thing. Confidence will play a big part in that. And I know I said before about you know if you want to go for that senior role, that's more about your if your performance and you're knocking it out the park every single day and you're getting that feedback, then you should be confident in who you are. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't matter what you wear. And I hate it when people are made to feel really uncomfortable mm. about that. And I've, I've heard other people say comments to Colleagues that I've worked with about, are you wearing pajamas to work today? Mm. You know uh, Oh, like why, why are you wearing those old woman shoes? And it's always to a woman. I have to say, yeah. like I've never ever heard a man being criticised by what they are wearing in a, in, a, in the workplaces
0: I've worked. Oh no, I have. I th- uh, the CEO that said I look like a campsite was equally was hor- <laughs> equally judgmental on men's clothing as well. Oh so well, that's I'll okay. Take, I'll take that. Actually. That's okay. That's fine.
1: I, I, I personally haven't heard. But I suppose why? How can you criticise their suit and tie? Yeah, right. To suit and a tie, whereas, like you said, it is the it's a challenge when you because throughout your school days, you know, you, you have a uniform, right, and that's fine, and you don't. But your first ever office job, it's like you're making it's that mm. impact you're making. So it's always like you're always kind of made to feel. I was always being very suits, so I've always wore suits to office ever since. Like I graduated, I wore a suit and a and a, and a jacket. So it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing. But I know other colleagues who didn't and were always criticised, like comments, passing remarks made by. Other directors and other people about wearing a bajana, what you. Wearing pajamas today? What are you wearing those shoes for? Why you not got makeup on? There's always this kind of judgment thing, and I just think, is she, is she performing? Oh, are they performing? Are they delivering 100? percent Are they doing good work? Great. Like, why do we have this judgment around that? But it does come in confidence, and that's where your brand but, fits in.
2: But there's that there's that thing that I mean I I don't know if you guys heard this, but I, when I was growing up and so on, it was always dress for where you're going. Yeah. So if you wanted to be in the C-suite, dress, for, you mm. know, from even being, being yeah. probably a little male person, you were there, and when I say male, I mean post, um, <laughs> <laughs> or PA or whatever, you know, from that stage, dress for where you're going. So you need yeah. to wear that so fancy true, yeah. suit and so on. And that's what we were, that was ingrained in me. Yeah. Whether, you know, I don't know if the guys heard that, but certainly that's what I was told you know you can't don't go there with frumpy shoes and whatever Mm. if you're not going to reach if you don't want to be a manager and and reach that c-suite so
0: you know it's true it's so true god I'm now remembering how our dentist is in London, and my mum would never let us wear jeans. <laughs> <Dentist>. <laughs> <laughs> and and even now, my sister and I will happily order to get a phone call. What are you going to the dentist? <laughs> because it's like ingrained in you of you know what. Yeah, what does it say about you? Because we are judgmental, and your clothes. People judge you so quickly that clothes. I think are such a huge part of your personal brand and what that says. But also, you have to be comfortable with what that says. So, if you choose to buy. I know, I've got some snakeskin, knee-high boots, if I choose to buy those, then I'm really comfortable about what that says. You know, because I love them. So, I'm fine with that.
1: It's confidence. If you're going to go with it, go with it wholeheartedly, don't go half half, half in. Because you're going to, and this is why we're going right back where we were before about the authenticity about who you are. Because if you're trying to fake it to be someone you're not, if you've got to wear that structured suit, and it makes you really uncomfortable or you, you know the snake skin boots because Jenny wore them at an event and she loved them and she looked great and everyone's giving her attention <laughs> so I'm gonna wear them it's just not gonna work they're never ever going to, they would ever going to <laughs> no and the one suit oh my god that's ridiculous and I would just be like really unconfident about it as well and I'd be really shy about them and I wouldn't you know and you've got to do things and that's the thing with the brands if you're going to do a brand do it so you are comfortable with yeah. and you can stand up against it right so if, if you are struggling and the reason you sometimes struggle with your brand is because you're not comfortable with what you said you are
0: Yeah,
1: uh, and you need to take it all the way back, right to the beginning and think, right, what, what am I comfortable with, who I do I, I want to be, how do I want to be seen, what do others think about me, and where do I want to take myself, like, either internally as a role or as business-wise, mm. and then work from that, and there's nothing wrong with changing your brand ever like if you're not comfortable if you're unhappy even if you've got a website and spent thousands on a logo design loads of brands refresh i mean how many times has co-op the big oh yeah the number of times they've rebranded you know Mm. and itv and all those big brands bbc people go through a brand refresh and that's the same with the personal brand you can refresh yourself and every stage of your journey you'll you you'll grow as a character as a person Mm. and your brand will adapt with you
0: yeah so what would be your kind of top tip for someone that's looking at whether or not, you know, someone that isn't a consultant, I think is probably, you know, really important. So what would be your top tip for someone that has never heard of personal brand and where do they kind of start, I suppose?
1: My top tip is think about what you want to be known for, right? What is different about you that stands you out from the rest of the people? So I know I spoke about that very uncomfortable conversation I had with my coach about telling me something unique about yourself that is what I advise you to do so get your friends get your family get your colleagues get your teammates and say to them when you first met me what do you think about me you know and and do it to the people that you know are going to be like honest but with kind kindness right don't like I'm not saying go through a painful (laughs) painful activity like but get them to talk to you Say, you know when you first met me what do you think about me how did I come across like is there anything that you think that I because I want to be seen as confident uh, approachable, capable, you know, did, did that come across or not and that will give you a bit of a starting point I would say and then think about your kind of goals and objectives and where you want to be. so if, you're, if your ambition is to be a chief executive for a particular organisation then you need to kind of think about what is it what do I need to do and if you don't want to change your kind of look which I don't think you should, you need to think about that, think well what else do I need to do to make sure that I am being taken seriously mm-hmm. for the role I want to live in and I think that's where my starting point would be for,
2: for, for Mm. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, you mentioned it earlier about being, looking at your values and I think it's really important to discover who you are. Take some time to get involved with somebody who can help you work through your values. Uh, Sometimes you know them, uh, and because the only way to be authentic is to kind of live through that. And that's, that's quite a big one to do. So it's from that starting point for me that you can then start saying things like, okay so what are my ambitions and link it back to that who are the audiences who are the people that i need to attract and a really good thing and i think you talked mentioned it as well is to create your own 360 degree mm. uh, feedback where you select a few people send them an email and ask them three questions about yourself and and obviously you know don't feel beat up Hopefully they'll send you some good feedback, but generally genuinely if they're friends and colleagues most likely you'll get some really mm. Honest feedback uh, If you ask the right questions, and I think that things like doing that and collecting that information Then gives you enough material for you to go away and think to yourself. Well, how do I then shape this or shape myself? with my authenticity and the information that I've gotten and my ambition And then get to where I need to get to in terms of a brand. Mm.
0: It's the blend, isn't it? I think my top tip would be around investing in the things that are going to help you do that. So I mentioned the stylist earlier. That, for me, was an investment that really helped me articulate my brand in a very visible way. And it's something I continue to invest in on a regular basis because even my mum will comment on the fact that I've always got something on that suits my shape or that is the right colour or all those kind of things. And it's just it's really helped me have the confidence to be who I am and it's helped me be genuine, it's helped me have that conviction and it's given me a lot of confidence so I think if you're looking at it, absolutely, the values, the feedback, all of those things but then take that and invest in something that's going to help make that a reality because that consistency, that showing up, all of that it, it doesn't happen by accident, I mm. think is the main thing
1: Yeah, and the final point, don't be afraid to fail mm. like, Don't be afraid of it Like. If it goes wrong, if it doesn't work for you, then fine, you know, just don't panic. Like, it is what it is. Like, when I did the Comms Hive brand, I just did it on Canva. Like, literally, I didn't spend thousands on it. I, one afternoon, like I, like I said before, like, I'm very knee jerk with stuff. Mm-hmm. I, like, created a little Canva thing and put it out there. So, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Thankfully, it did work, but I was prepared for it not to. You know, I was prepared to for people to go, what the hell is this? Like, this doesn't resonate with me. And that's fine, and I think if you can put yourself in that mindset about failing is absolutely okay and I think we're all very scared of failing. Mm. But failing is a growth, right? And I think the more you fail, the more you learn, that's my opinion. And I think yeah. that once you start your personal brand and, you know, like I did with Advita Communications, I bought a limited, you know, I already purchased a limited company name, I paid for it, I had a website, paid for that. <laughs> it's because you're so impatient, you have to do it right now. I had, I had business cards, where business cards were a <laughs> thing, I paid for that. I had all this kind I spent a few hundred pounds on this Advita Communications and, I was like oh sugar like I can't believe I spent all this money I'm not even going down that route and that was fine and I learned from that and I, and I did jump in too mm. quickly because I hadn't done the work beforehand you know and if yeah. I had sat down and thought carefully about what my brand should be I would have eventually come to Palm yeah and I think that's what you all need to be you know uh, uh, just be aware of just don't be afraid to fail
0: yeah nice advice mm. so listening to you talking about failing I think it's just making me think about that line of of being genuine and maybe being Actually, not, not too genuine that sounds a bit weird but I know I used to to be quite sweary when I was in the office to the point where I had a swear jar on my desk which I didn't put there someone else did um, and I wasn't that uncomfortable with that <laughs> it wasn't like really bad swear words just to point that out but it, it has kind of followed me a bit and I know that when I was on a podcast interview with Chuck Ghost, he made a comment about whether or not this would need to be marked explicit and I I did think, God, it's that's really followed me, this sort of being a bit sweary, and I, I'm i not sure how comfortable I am with that, that that clearly is part of my personal brand, um, and I need to weigh up whether or not that's okay or not, or whether I need to bring that down a little bit to yeah. make sure.
1: And I think that's a really important point, actually, because I know people have been those individuals who are a little bit, when they give feedback and they're a bit mean with it, and they'll say it like, well, I just say it as it is, and I'm really direct, I'm being authentic to myself that's fine but don't be mean yeah <laughs> like you know be kind and I always say you know everything that you do should be with respect and with kindness and then you know and there's no excuse and I you know those people who stray away I remember meeting a woman who was like I just say it as it is I'm right to the point that's just who I am if you don't like it then you can shove it and I just think that's just poor behavior there's a difference between your personal brand and poor behavior yeah. <laughs> and telling someone like being mean it's just not cool. for so if you're personal
0: brand is meanness, then you really need to reflect. Not someone I want in my circle, but that comes down to being empathetic as well, right? I think that so much of us is, you know, to have influence with people, you've got to have empathy, and I think, I said earlier that I'm quite blunt, and I am quite blunt, but that's definitely softened over the years. I think if you spoke to me maybe eight years ago, I could have been borderline mean blunt. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I think I've learned uh, through personal growth (laughs) and development to, to bring empathy much further forward in, yeah. in the conversations that I have
2: and, and it's just being aware of how you come across
0: as well yeah. so,
2: you know, there's mean and there's mean and I think some people really put it on You know, they, they might say that they're a mean person and they really kind of ramp mm. it up a bit because oh, yes I just want to be myself and unfortunately that goes against what personal branding does for you and and then and how people look at you eventually so is it worth doing i don't think so yeah don't be mean don't Don't be be a mean girl mean girls yeah (laughs) (laughs) what's that book It mean girls no the movie Mean. oh it is mean girls
1: no the book that they have what's the book well they do have a book i don't know oh no you're just pretending you don't know the book we all know that jenny's got a book
0: and I bet we can all guess who's in that book I, I do, I, it's got the bit <laughs> and a padlock
1: don't be mean people that's our kind yeah. of top tip top message, yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. thank you for listening please click subscribe so you get our new episodes as soon as they are released
2: if you want to reach out you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as Carmaged Rebels, we're always up for a chat
0: So please let us know what you think and ask us any questions you might want us to cover in future episodes. We're also all on LinkedIn and always available if you want to get in touch.